And I'm Michaela. And welcome to All Girls Considered. A podcast dedicated to telling the stories of inspiring women and girls. Today we are interviewing Dr. Gonzalez Delecchia, a parent and community member at Leander ISD who was recently sworn in as the newest board member. Welcome Dr. Gonzalez Delecchia. Please tell us about yourself. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to to be here. I'm excited that this is a Leander High School and, you know, part of our school district. So when you reached out to me, I was really excited. A um, little bit about myself. I think I'll start with one of the first questions that people usually have for me is, how do you say your name? And is that all your name? <laughs> and it really is all my name. And, and really, my full name is Gloria Elena Gonzalez Dolikia. And it was hard to even part with, with my middle name. I, I feel like all of my name is a story of, of who I am and where I'm from and, and where I've been. So um, I'm named after my mom. My mom's Gloria. And you usually don't have girls named after their mother. It's usually you hear about boys named after their fathers, right? But um, I'm named after my mom. And not really sure why they did that. My mom said she was she had a hard delivery and they didn't know if she was going to make it. And so they named me after my mom. But I love it. And um, for a long time growing up, I didn't like it. I wanted a name that sounded less ethnic growing up. I wanted something that people didn't associate with being being a Mexican girl. And um, as I grew up, I became really proud of being Gloria and being named after my mom because my mom's amazing and powerful and caring and loving. And Gonzalez is is my family's name. Um, I'm the youngest of four girls, and so I'm the baby. And there's not another Gonzalez really taking our name on my dad's name. And um, so Gonzalez is something that means a lot to me, so that's why I keep it there. And I married this amazing man, and his last name is Dolikia. And um, he's first generation to the United States. His parents were born in India, and we have three boys that have that last name. So I kind of feel that that name is a lot, a lot of who I am. It's all these different people and all these different places. And so it's a mouthful, but but I love every piece of it. So that's why it's it's a long one. <laughs> um, how was the election process for the LISD board? It was it was definitely a learning experience. I will tell you that. Um, I I don't know if I really knew what I was getting into when when I said, you know, I knew that I wanted to run for school board. I have been passionate about education and public education my entire life. Um, public education, I think, is this amazing thing that we do in the United States that allows people from all backgrounds to 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 be amazing and to break barriers, and and that's what public education does for us. Um, public education did that for me, so. It felt like the natural next step, but I didn't really know anyone who had personally gone through an election and a campaign before. So I said, "Yeah, let's let's do this." And um, it was it was a lot of work, and you have to spend a lot of money, and you have to fundraise. And 
I'm a good fundraiser. I've been the executive director of a nonprofit, and I'm the executive director of another nonprofit right now. So I'm good at fundraising. But when you're asking people for money for a nonprofit that you feel is very important and you're passionate about, and you can say, give money to this, you're going to pay for teacher grants, give money for this, you're going to help you know, students with their dual credit textbooks, that's easy. But when you have to ask people, pay money because I'm running in this campaign and I want you to help fund my campaign because I think I should be elected. It's a very different type of ask. You know, um, you have to, you have to, you can't be very modest when you're running a campaign, right? You have to tell people why you think you're the best candidate for the job. You have to tell people why they should vote for you. So it's kind of almost everything that we tell, it's kind of the opposite of everything I tell my kids, you know, be modest and be humble. And then you get up there and you're like, let me tell you why I am the best person (laughs) and why you should vote for me. And let me tell you why I'm amazing. So that that was hard um that was that was a process um this election i think was very different for even leander isd than than our previous elections we used to do our school board elections in may and so they were separate elections that were done in may they were on a different ballot than our you know than our presidential elections than our our midterm elections so they were not so partisan. They weren't kind of pushed into the partisan politics of everything else that's on the ballot. Um, this was this midterm election in November 2018 this year was a very big and important election. And it was a very highly um, partisan, polarizing ballot. So when someone goes and, and they vote, they're going to vote their partisan politics, and then they get to the bottom of the ballot, which are the nonpartisan elections. And school boards are nonpartisan. And, and that's a wonderful thing, and, and that's what you want for school board elections. You want people who are not going to govern their school district as a Democrat or as a Republican, but as an advocate of every single student, teacher, staff, and community member in their district. And so you want them to go in there as, um, are you are you a Democrat, are you a Republican? You want them to go in there as, I'm an LISD advocate. And that was really, that was really challenging on, on this election, this campaign. People wanted you to tell me where you're at, you know, pick one of these sides. So it was, it was an interesting campaign of being pulled into different directions. Um, About two evenings before the election was over, I sat with my my family and I said, okay, two more days and um, early voting was over and we were waiting for our actual election day. And I said, no matter what happens, I want us to reflect right now on all the positive things that happened during this campaign. And we met so many new people. We met a lot of amazing people, people that I don't think I would have ever had the opportunity to meet before. Um, my my boys and my husband, my parents, my sisters, all of our family, we really rallied as like 
Team Gloria Gonzalez Dolica. And what do we got to do for this team? And that was, it was a neat feeling to, to do that. So I told them, yes, we will be sad if it doesn't turn out the way we want, but I'll be fine. You'll be fine. And I want us to really focus on all the wonderful things that we learned along the way. My oldest son said, yeah, but I'm going to be really mad for probably about a month. And I said, <laughs> I said, okay, you can be mad for about a month, but then you need to get over it and, uh, and, and focus on the good. So overall, I think it was a great experience of, of learning, of learning a lot. Uh, personally, also, you have to, you know, like I said, step out of your comfort zone. And you also have to, I thought I was thick-skinned. Yeah, I thought, oh, people can say things about me. I'm okay. And then when you would hear them or you'd see it on social media, you would say, ouch, you know, that kind of hurts. And, <laughs> and I realized that, I mean, I think you have to be thick-skinned, but I think it's also okay to know that you're human and those things are going to hurt because we're human beings. And when people say things that are negative about you, I think it's okay to acknowledge that, well, that, that hurt, and that hurt my feelings, but, but I'm going to be okay. So learned a lot along the way. From what you've said, it seems like you value family a lot. So um, how has being a parent inspired you to do what you do? Being a parent inspired me to do what I'm doing. Well, let me tell you a little bit about my story, and that will kind of answer those questions. So I am the youngest of four, four girls, and we grew up in San Antonio, and my my parents were migrant farm workers, and my dad and, and his family, from a very young age, they picked crops. My dad traveled um, from different states with his brothers picking crops, and and he never had the chance to go to school. He never went to elementary school, middle school, or high school. I mean, he, he really never had the chance to go to school. He had to work. And when, when I was a young girl, we had this amazing opportunity. Someone helped my dad out, and he they gave him a truck, and this truck led to starting his own janitorial service. And so we cleaned buildings. We were janitors, and we did it as a family. You know, my dad, after he would clean buildings all day, and a lot of these places were office buildings, so after school, we cleaned buildings, and on the weekends, we cleaned buildings. And we did it together as a family. We were, you know, and, and I will tell you, as a teenage girl, I was probably miserable out there and probably made my parents <laughs> crazy because I can still remember, like, arguments and with my parents about having to go clean office buildings and empty trash cans and it was back when everyone smoked in their offices and I used to be, I was the youngest, so the easiest job was dumping and cleaning ashtrays and just, you know, I, I had a lot of pity parties for myself as a teenager about having to do those things, but we we worked together and we worked really hard together and it was real, it was always apparent to us, my sisters and I, that my parents were working hard because they wanted to give us opportunities. And that was really important to them. So as, as I was in, in high school, I had this chance to take dual credit courses. And I remember getting a letter 
and said I could take these dual credit courses at UTSA with their honors program for free. And I took the letter home and I showed my mom and my sisters and everyone said, oh my goodness, you got into college already. And it's like, no, that's not really what that means. <laughs> and you know, the way my mom saw it was, you're going to college, right? You're taking a college class. So we went to the bookstore and I was taking two classes and I got all the books for the classes and I put them on the register, you know, on the counter and person rung them up and he said like $370. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, no, look at this letter. I have this letter. I get to take these classes for free. And he's, you know, he's a young college student. He's like, yeah, you take the classes for free. You don't get the books for free. And we put the books away and we went back home and we talked about, okay, what are we going to do to pay for those books for next semester? And, you know, as a family, how are we going to make this happen? I went to school on Monday and I told my teacher and, I said, I'm going to drop those classes and do work release, and I can go work with my parents, and um, I'm going to save money so I can take those classes next semester. And he said, no way. You're not dropping those classes. You're going to take different classes next semester. We're going to figure this out. So this teacher helped me go walking down all these businesses around our high school asking for different businesses to make a contribution to pay for my books and paid for my books, and I took those classes, and those classes changed my life. And the entire time I had my family, my sisters, my mom, telling me, this is important. This is what we've got to do. How do we help you? How do we make this happen? When I applied for college, I got a scholarship to Baylor, but there's still lots of expenses, right? There's still lots of expenses when you get there, and my sisters were already, you know, sisters are older, and one of my sisters was taking night classes, you know, working, married with kids, and working on her bachelor's, and she ended up earning her bachelor's, you know, going to school and taking, you know, one or two classes a semester for years, and she said, this is important. Tell me what you need. I'll help with this. I'll buy your comforter. I'll buy, you know, your books. So I had all my family helping to make this happen the entire time. So for me now, as a parent, um, I want my, it's real important to me that my boys understand that how fortunate they are and all the opportunities that, that they have, but I also need them to to appreciate those opportunities. And when I say appreciate, um, I really, I want them to feel it, that I want them to know how fortunate they are. And so they're a real big part of of the campaign. When we volunteer, we look for opportunities to volunteer that we think we have a skill and we really have something to offer. You know, um, we, we're a robotics family. We, we do robotics. And so we look for opportunities to volunteer where we feel we have a skill that we can give. Um, when, when I was teaching at, I used to teach at St. Edwards and I was volunteering with LEAF, which is the Leander ISD Education Foundation. I was volunteering in a way that I thought I have a skill to give that I can really help. You know, I have a way that I can I can help this organization. And when I, I left teaching 
to to run the education foundation it was because i knew i could really make a difference there and when i left leaf to run for office for for school board it was because i knew that i had a skill and i could make a difference in another place so i think to go back to your question of of parenting is i really try to parent in a way of you, you guys have skills, and how can we use these skills to make our community a better place for everyone around us? And we, I try to instill those values in, in kind of everything that we do. It seems like you've overcame a lot of obstacles. As a woman, has there ever been a time where you felt like you were held back? Yes, <laughs> um, many different times, I'll tell you, in my life. Um, I can look back and, and think about high school. And I remember uh, my best friend, she's, she's in the, the military, and she's, she's doing fabulous. And she's one of the few people that I went to high school with that we stayed in touch. And we talk about it now. And... We remember the counselors kind of telling us it was a different time too, right? Oh, y'all are such, you know, pretty young girls. And um, you don't want to go to that college or that college. It's so far away. And, you know, think about what's going to be best for you starting a family and staying local. And... I think I was really lucky that I took those dual credit classes and I met these professors who really pushed me on that end. And my best friend, she says, I wish I had taken those. And I wish because she wishes now that she had had some different opportunities. Um, she she went military and she made amazing impact there. And, you know, she's a chief in, in the Navy. And so it all worked out. But having to overcome a lot along the way, you know, um, I feel that sometimes as, as a woman, you are expected to be compassionate. And it's really important that you are compassionate and, and I want to be compassionate, but sometimes you have to be strong and fierce at the same time. And I think sometimes our society feels like those are in conflict with one another, that, you know, they're okay with seeing men pushing and being fierce and, and being, you know, when men are, a, a lot of times our society, when men are doing things like that, they're strong and they're passionate. And when women do it, it's like, oh, Gloria, she's so pushy and opinionated. And it's like, no, no, I'm passionate and fierce and strong, just like he is over there. So you have to be willing to, to take some of that. I think over the past years I've seen I've seen some change in that, but but it's still there and you have to just be willing to yes, you know, I'm a woman and I am passionate and I'm strong and and I'm going to tell you how I feel about about the situation and just be ready for for what comes. Yes, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Was there anything specific that motivated you to overcome that? I think for me, I honestly, I think back on, I think about my life 
and I think about being first generation to college and how I never I never thought about going to college. I you know, when I was in high school, it wasn't something that was talked about. You know, we talk to students now all the time about where are you going to college? What's your plan for college? For for me going when I was in high school, no one talked to us about college and where we were going to college and it it changed my life and it changed my family's life. It changed my nieces and my nephews' lives. And my boys have a different life because I was able to overcome those those obstacles. So for me, I think about how do we overcome those obstacles and being able to change the life of somebody else along the way. You know, um, I have a cousin that I'm, I'm really close to, and he's about the same age as, as I am. And we went down different paths in our life. Uh, we grew up in, in a rough area. And when he was born, he was, um, he was like the third or fourth boy in his family. And I was the fourth girl. And my dad and his mom were trying to convince my mom to, <laughs> to trade because <laughs> my dad wanted a boy so badly. And my aunt wanted, wanted a girl. And when I talked to him now, we were sitting at the dinner table one night, and I said, gosh, you had a hard life. Like, things, I mean, it was hard for him. I asked him, do you ever, I always wonder what you would be doing if they had traded, if you didn't have to grow up in some of the situations that you had to deal with. How would your life be different, and, and do you wish that our parents had traded us? And he looked at me and he said, I have a daughter now. And so I think this is exactly the way it was supposed to be because I have this daughter that I tell her, look, look at your Thea, you know, look at everything she was able to accomplish. And he said, that's more important than anything. He goes, it was supposed to be this way. He goes, you're supposed to inspire my daughter. You were supposed to let her know that anything's possible. And um, so for me, I think that's what what really pushes me and inspires me. When people will ask me sometimes, gosh, you, you keep some crazy hours and I see you all over the place and how do you get stuff done? I say, one, I have a lot of family support and I know that I'm really lucky there. And then I say, in the other piece, it's called ganas. It's a... It's a Spanish word, and if I had to translate it, I'd say the closest thing to it is probably grit. It's like passion and desire and hard work and determination, and you tell me I can't do something, and I will show you how I can get that done. And so when people tell me, you don't want to do that, that's too hard, you probably can't get that done because you're a woman or you're Mexican, you're a minority, you can't get that done, you're pouring fuel on my fire is I will show you how I will get it done. (laughs) So you're obviously a big inspiration to many people and women. So I was wondering if there's any woman that you personally feel inspired by. That's a very timely question. You know, somebody asked me that this morning. That's so weird. They, well, what they asked me was if you could sit down and have coffee 
with anyone, who would it be? And I said, easy, it's Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama is my inspiration. I look at her and you know how I said, sometimes with women, it's hard to be that passionate and fierce and compassionate and graceful all at the same. I think she masters it. I mean, she, she does it. She does it perfectly where she is passionate and when you hear her speak, she's eloquent and it's beautiful and you can hear her passion. Um, but she's, she's also so compassionate and, and caring all in the same breath. What advice would you give to girls listening to this podcast? My advice to girls listening to this podcast would be to follow your heart. Follow your heart with all of your heart and soul. That's your passion, that's your ganas, that's your desire, that's what's going to fuel you. And when people say, no, this door is closed, this path isn't for you, let that be the fuel on your fire. And let that light your path. I've always said, when people tell me, no, that's that's too hard, you can't do it, that really is the fuel that makes my path so much brighter and so much more obvious that, okay, that's that's what I'm going to do because somebody needs to break down that door. And if you're doing what you want to do and it's your passion and not somebody else's passion, that's easy. That's easy to knock down the door, but it has to be your passion. Don't, don't let somebody else tell you what your passion should be. You, you know what it is in your heart and soul, and so just, just follow it grab it and hold on to it and run through that door. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. This has honestly been very informative and inspiring and I'm really glad that we got a chance to listen to your story. This has been Leander High School's All Girls Considered interviewing Dr. Gonzalez Dolakia. Please join us next time. Thank you.